Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depths of the word, a word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at Bethel. Hey, welcome back to What's the Word Downtown. I'm Matt McGill. This is Pastor Eric Barton, and we are here to discuss what was preached yesterday, Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. And Indeed. I have to say, in case you weren't there, you noticed I wasn't there. Mm. And so I'm coming in real blind here, uh, but I'm also very hungry for the word. So that should elicit good things today. We shall hope. So 5, uh, Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. And as you've been talking about, what we have uh, in the first three chapters of Ephesians is the indicative fueling the last three chapters, which is the imperative. Right on. That is that the imperative is fueled by what has been done for us by Christ or in God through Christ, All of, however I can say it. Yeah. That's where we have the three, the first three chapters. And now we move into the walk, the life of the Christian, what it looks like and why uh, it can look like this has already been uh, prepared for us in the first three chapters. So now as we move on into this, this imperative, this calling, this... Um, it can, it can, we can easily receive this as do better, be better, be stronger, be a better <laughs> witness, and, and receive it as a law unto us, uh, increasing as law always does our condemnation, yep. uh, fear of God, and all of these things that Christ came to set us free from. So as we look into five, right off the bat, we have be imitators of God. That's a heck of a call unless God lives inside of you. That's exactly right. So... Almost more than an imperative, it's almost more of an exhortation mm. to live out what actually is reality, not what we think it could be or should be, because that just brings, like you just said, mm-hmm. guilt and shame and oppressive mm-hmm. misunderstanding. And that's no gospel at all. That's mm-hmm. bad news. Mm-hmm. If God's done all this stuff and now my end of the bargain is I've got to do all this stuff, that's a terribly limiting system. That's not good news at all. Pelagianism? Absolutely. Isn't that what that is? A lot of it, yeah. yeah. It, where God's done his part, now I'll do now it's up to the you. hard part. Or mm-hmm. he's done the important thing, I'll do the hard thing. Or he's done the hard thing, I'll do the important thing. And that so quickly uh, so quickly siphons down into your functional life, if you're operating under that sort of theology, that Jesus becomes like a pocket protector. Something that you <laughs> kind of take with you that's sort of an accoutrement to your life, right. but not the actual life force. Bingo. From within. He is no accessory. That's right. And what we have a tendency in our fallenness to still treat him as mm-hmm. additive or accessory. Mm-hmm. And that's not good news either. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to say something that I might regret saying this bluntly, but sanctification is no more our project than justification. That's right. God's doing a thing. And, and right. we get to intentionally live in light of that reality but not try to do a thing to do a thing. That doesn't translate to good news at all. And we're dangerously underqualified, remarkably ungifted for that project, and yet God's doing it. And so there's freedom, there's a joy. It's saying God's doing this in me. There are going to be struggles and sufferings in this life. That's okay. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. We get to, so the idea yesterday in this Mm -hmm. passage was to walk in love, walk as light. So when Paul says to imitate God, how are you going to do that? There's, there's, we're finite, fallen, sin-soaked creatures. How do you imitate the infinite 
omnipotent God, well, he tells us is to walk in love. The Which way is, we imitate God is to love others the way he does. And that's the exhortation, not do a bunch of stuff, not be bad, be good. No, 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 no. It's to look and live and love in the world like God does. Mm-hmm. And and his disclosure to us of how he looks and loves Absolutely. is Christ. We, we, we focus our heart's affections on the love of God shown to us in Christ. And mm-hmm. we reflect both the light of his love Absolutely. and his love. Yeah, and if I start to focus on all the things that I should do, mm-hmm. then inevitably, that's what I end up doing wrong. It's the old adage of, don't think about a tree. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I'm going to think about. And Paul mm-hmm. talks about that in Romans. Mm-hmm. If I try to not do it, that's all I actually want to do mm-hmm. because I'm wired to do myself harm. I used to have a buddy who was trying to quit smoking, and I would be like, hey, man, every couple of days, I'd be like, how's that, uh, how's that quitting smoking <laughs> going? And he goes, bro... It's going well, but every time you ask me about it, I want a cigarette. Right. That's exactly <laughs> so, right. You know, he's like, he was like, stop trying to get me to focus on what I'm quitting. Exactly uh, right. Tell me about something good we can do this afternoon that'll take my mind to a better, higher place than my slavery. That's a <laughs> wonderful example. It's yeah. the old 18th century preacher, a guy named Thomas Chalmers, mm-hmm. said that if you just try to not do a thing, you're always going to fall. He said, mm-hmm. instead, we need the expulsive force expulsive of a new affection Mm. i need to love something more Mm. as long as i'm focusing on not doing a bad thing that's really all i'm ever going to do i need to love something more Mm -hmm. which is why we have so much rich text about jesus Mm. who he is what he was like the things he would Mm -hmm. say the things he cared about the way he loved people the gritty unpalatable peeps that he would go and eat meals with dip his hand in the same bowl Mm -hmm. i mean that guy I want to be with that guy. I want to know more about him. That's the expulsive force of a greater affection that as we, as it turns out, that actually is sanctifying me. Mm-hmm. My love of Jesus is actually what God's using to sanctify me, not me trying harder to be better. Well, and all those things that enslave can are tantamount to uh, the kind of rock where, where, uh, where Satan calls Christ to turn that rock into bread. In other words, you be the Lord of your own comfort. Right. And for, we saw af, after having overcome that temptation, we see throughout the entire ministry that it's not by bread alone that man lives, but every word that proceeds from the, the mouth of God. And that's yeah. who Christ actually becomes. And so as we look into being imitators, he, he goes on to list uh, a big but. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I want you to be imitators, but you should also know, uh, but you must also recognize, therefore, uh, your pre, your uh, pre what's the right word, your uh, predisposition toward uh, being imitators of not Christ, but... Of the world. Of the world. We say it all the time as parents. Mm. Do not forget whose you are. Don't Mm. forget your last name. Mm. I tell my sons all the time, Mm -hmm. you are a Barton. Mm -hmm. This is who Bartons are. Mm -hmm. This is how Bartons live. Your conduct needs to reflect your identity. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't be exposed to these other uh, forces or influences that are going to make your conduct be something else. There's a great, great old story mm-hmm. that if it's not true, it should be because it's Come a on. good story. Well, it's, that means it's true. Of course, it's got to be. On. Alexander the Great mm-hmm. finishes his conquest. He's sitting in what he wants to be his capital in Babylon, of all mm-hmm. places. And one of his generals brings to him a young soldier who's really nothing more than a, a boy. Mm-hmm. 
And the general says to Alexander, we have to mete out punishment to this soldier. And Alexander sees the boy, and the story goes that his heart just goes out to him because he's a young boy. I mean, he's not a full-grown okay. man. He's a young boy. Yeah. And his heart goes out to him, and he immediately like wants to take pity and have mercy on the boy. And he says, well, what is his offense? And the general says, in combat, he turned and ran. Mm-hmm. And Alexander says, what is your name? And the boy answers him, Alexander. He says, I was named for you. And at that, you see Alexander's countenance darken, is the mm. story. And he says, what is your name? And the boy straightens up and stiffens up and realizes, oh, that now he's really in for it. Alexander asks him like three and four and five times, what is your name? Yelling at him. Mm-hmm. He says, Alexander, he says, change your conduct or change your name. Boom. It's a great story. Your name, you have been named. And so our conduct, it's not that we try harder, it's remember who has named us, remember who has loved us. And we get an entire Old Testament with and New Testament there where names matter so much Absolutely. and what God has called, and we know he calls things that are not as though they were. Absolutely. Sometimes changing Sarai to Sarah or yeah. Abram to Abraham. Or changing yeah. Simon to Rocky. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. dude should have been named Shaky mm-hmm. or Flaky, but it, Jesus names him Peter. So... That's a wonderful reminder that, hey, we live according to the one who has named us and claimed us. Mm-hmm. And that's that's our force. That's our fuel. So when we get into, but among you, there must not even be a hint of yeah. sexual immorality. I mean, do I get fired now? Because, <laughs> I mean, I, when, you, when he says hint, I mean, not even, what is that? What is, what is he talking about? It's a corporate okay. admonition. Uh, okay. In other words, we don't normalize, we don't excuse, we don't wink and, and smile at it. Mm-hmm. That is not who we are because that's not whose we are. Mm-hmm. We don't compromise in those categories and try to dismiss it or trivialize it. Mm-hmm. No, sin's a really, really big deal. We don't make it the main deal, mm-hmm. but it's a big enough deal that the Son of God died and he became all that stuff. So it cannot be the thing that characterizes us in our community, in our context, in this culture, because we are the physical presence of God in this world. And when we, when there is a hint of sexual immorality, if we are uh, winking at sin, if there is greed among us, well then uh, it's a diminishment on the reflection of Christ. Right. Now, he can handle it. Yeah, sure. And he has. We're not taking the whole ship down, for sure. No, no, no. But his worth is what compels us and propels us to live a certain way. Mm -hmm. Not Pollyanna piety of legalism or any of that moralism or behavior modificationism. No, it's Jesus. And here to these Ephesians, he says, and if you're doing this, that kind of person, that's an idolater. Right. You are, you have... Uh, low-level gods, right? That uh, that have what's that called when in the, the pig yeah, snout that's, right. that's going to lead you around because you have given your heart, as it were, right. your functional self. You have given over to a lesser god. That's right. So we said it yesterday that mm-hmm. idolatry is investing the eternal or an eternal investment. Mm-hmm. In the temporary. Which ultimately, any of our investments are eternal because we're eternal beings. That's right. But when you invest it in something that's temporary, mm-hmm. it's absolute madness and darkness and ultimately death. That's why those three things that he mentions a couple times in verse 3 and verse 5, the sexual immorality, covetousness, mm-hmm. and impurity, it's idolatry because you're claiming something other than God to lovingly lead your life. And it's impossible. I... Uh, 
was playing, I may have told you this story one time, but I was playing guitar and had written a song and I was about, to, I was in a recording session and my buddy came to lay down some tracks and he said to me, uh, he said, man, I love it when I see you writing songs that lift up the, lift up the name of Jesus. He said, uh, because I feel like what we do by faith will do eternally. Mm. So it's like I'm getting a picture of your eternal self. Yeah, that's good. Do you know? Uh, but idolaters, what they do, they only do for their fleeting little life, right? right? Uh, and we want to be investing uh, by the Spirit all yeah. that we have in eternal in eternal. That's it. I pursuits. can't say it any better than that's it. Pursuits. That's walking in love and walking as light. That's it exactly. Uh, in as it, this idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Is this something like uh, the word fellowship? Have no fellowship, or what? What was that when he says, yeah, "Do not a, be partners"? There, it's co-partakers. Mm -hmm. In other words, don't invite that in and expect it to be well. Expect it to be wise. Well, and sometimes you don't have to invite it in. Sometimes it just shows up. Well, that's and the point. do you have what is it? The spiritual spine, or right. do you, have you uh, the the uh, the love? I should say the love for the standard of Christ mm -hmm. uh, to not. You know, rail on a brother or sister who, but but at the same time, call uh, one another, lift one another up to. That's what families do. Right. No condemnation, but we say, hey, look, that's not befitting of whose we are. Not again, this legalistic, pious, sort of Pollyanna uh, moralism. It's not that. It's just saying, hey, wait, that's not conduct befitting of who we are. It's not a real popular topic, but that's what we do in church discipline. And say, listen, you and I are called and summoned to King Jesus. So it's we like, get to live this way, and he gives us the actual moxie to do so. Do we believe uh, that when God is most glorified, we are most satisfied? That's Answer, no. No. But but it's still true. But 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 that's what I need. That's there are times when you're gonna believe it better than me. You're okay. gonna you're gonna be more filled with believing power somehow. Uh, than I am, and I'm going to need you to remind me that I might think something is satisfying me, mm -hmm. but really, I'm less than satisfied. I'm less yeah. than settled, uh, and and I could be glorifying God and far more satisfied in the doing. But that's you know. that's the thing. That's why all of these exhortations are in the plural. Mm. It's not for you, Matt, mm -hmm. to be an imitator of God. It's us, and sometimes. I need to. I, I can't see Jesus, mm -hmm. but I can see you, and I can see the people of this campus and this community imitating Christ. And I go, you know what? That is a up, life that works. But you bring up a really good point, Eric, because I know a lot of folks, myself included, at certain seasons, who open up the Bible and read it without the in the absence mm -hmm. of community. And if I read this in the absence of community, I find myself disheartened, right. condemned, mm -hmm. feeling like I'm no imitator of God at all. But but when we when we read these with the Spirit of God inside and alongside others, brothers right. and sisters who have the Spirit of God inside, what we have is opportunities uh, to for, for, for real encouragement, real refreshment, real, uh, you know, just like we were saved and being saved. Part of the being saved is I'm being saved from myself with right. the assistance of other Holy Spirit-filled believers. Absolutely. You know? 
That's the whole, that's the plan. Mm -hmm. If you read your Bible and think that it's merely talking to you, and we say these things to kids, well-meaningly, it's God's love letter to you. Uh, That's true, but it's bigger than that. It's us. It's always the us. Mm -hmm. And that removes a whole lot of pressure of making myself the center of the story. I'm not. I'm barely a bit extra on the side of the stage. It's the one sheep that gets lost. Yeah. And Jesus coming after them, oftentimes it's the actual herd of Jesus's flock that's coming after the one lost sheep. It is now. It is now, right? Absolutely. We're not waiting around on Jesus to show up. Jesus has shown up right. in one another. It's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. But what's better than Jesus in the world? What's better? Well, say nothing. No, but according to Jesus and John the Baptist, mm-hmm. what's even better is millions of people indwelled by the Spirit who are the hands and feet of Jesus virally, globally, that's even better until he returns. And so when we think, ah, oh, we're just going to compromise with whatever and wink and you know, smirk at, at conduct unbefitting, hmm. a kingdom of priests is what we'll hear in Peter and we hear in Revelation, then it's because it's us. It's not just because I want to experience a certain sensation. No, we have to have kingdom of priests mentality. And what happens, you nailed it exactly is we have a tendency to settle because I'm fatigued or I'm distracted or I'm just whatever, weary, I'm foggy, I'm whatever. And so we settle. You know what? Kingdom of priests, that's hard and that's eh. And so we settle. But I need people like you and others around me to go, you know what? There's something that's worth so much more. And not just it is worth more, but you're worth more. And my family is worth more, and the people of this congregation are worth more. And so this is what Paul's calling us to, is to actually increase in love, which is a grace. God alone gives us the capacity to love for our affections and attentions to increase. And when we do it in community, as a church, like that is what is supposed to, I think, be the salt and the light to mix those metaphors that draws the, the community in. You know, I know this is a little uh, topical and and present to what I've just been going through, but, you know, Megan's production. Mm. We had all these people, lighting people, sound people, the the actors themselves, her as a director, the Colin was running the flies. You had all these people working together in service of telling a story. Mm -hmm. And it's not so unlike, and doing battle, uh, you know, with all of the variables and all of the distractions and all of the unforeseen hardships that can so easily cripple mm. the telling of a story. Right. And we are, we are a new covenant people charged with really telling the story and telling the story both explicitly and implicitly with our actions and our lives and our, our lives lived together. And it seems like, you know, even in this last paragraph, for you were once in darkness. Who's you? You, you is all of us. Right. You is everyone who Christ has yet to call uh, or has, has called, uh, but, 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 maybe lived a time, probably lived a time, Mm -hmm. conceived in sin, definitely lived a time when we were darkened in our understanding. Absolutely. And the Lord rushes his light and illumination vis-a-vis the cross and oftentimes using our hardships and brokenness to meet us right at that space where we can really understand that blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But here at the end, we get this uh, live as children of the light for the for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Well, that's a 
interesting translation. The the word. Yeah, tell me. The, so it's the same word he uses exactly in Romans twelve two, discern, prove, approve, demonstrate, test is fun mm-hmm. Greek word dokimazo. Mm-hmm. Dokimazo. It's sort of like um, you're the you're the proof person. Mm-hmm. We say there's a proof text. Like I have an idea, I need to find a text to prove my point. That's a bad strategy mm-hmm. in Bible study, by the way. But in a lot of ways. You and I and us mm-hmm. together are the proof people of the veracity of what God's saying and what God's doing. It's us. Mm-hmm. And we all stumble. We all trip. And there's grace for that. And we lock arms. But we are those people who prove God's will. So Oswald mm-hmm. Chambers used to say, we become the kinds of people who no longer ask what God's will is. We are the walking around will of God. You are God's will in the world. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of people that think uh, you're either in God's will or you're out of right. God's will. Like it's a stream. You can jump in or a river. You jump in, but then you get out and you get back in. You, of course, but, but the truth is, is that, that it's a broken spirit and a contrite heart that God accepts and receives. Mm-hmm. And it's not the one who is so, I'm so dead center in the middle of God's will that I don't need forgiveness anymore. Mm-hmm. Man. You don't want to get there, right? right. So here is uh, this, this he, he goes back, and I love it when he bursts into song. Yeah. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ right. will shine. shine on you. I think we'll open up sermon uh, ser- uh, the service this Sunday with that one. Huh? I love that one. What a great one. But everything exposed by light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. Mm-hmm. If you have to keep it hidden, it's probably bad for you. And so we are called to freedom, to live lives of liberty, not licentiousness. Mm-hmm. And it actually is really the source of joy. All the counterfeit sources of joy actually just bring us down and, mm. and cause more fractures of fellowship mm-hmm. among God's people. And we know this to be true. It's never, ever, ever paid off. And yet we settle and we fall. Mm-hmm. And so we get this life to keep grabbing one another by the shoulders and pulling each other up. Your illustration of the production, the play, the musical yeah. is, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't improve on that. Yeah. But the story is worth all of the players. Locking arms. Locking arms, mm-hmm. participating, playing their part mm-hmm. for the greater. The sum is greater than the whole of its parts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or the whole is greater than the sum mm-hmm. of its parts. I mean, to tell this story and, man, I think that's, that's it. That's the church. That's it. Well, let's continue this week, 10 o'clock Sunday morning. We're looking forward to it. We'll begin at Ephesians 5, 15 to 21 to 21. We are stoked for this and we look forward to seeing you back here Sunday morning. Y'all have a good one. God bless.